Chris Ann, here he is. Yo, you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. What's going on, everybody? Did a hog jump off a cliff? No, I was at a I was at Top Gun uh I was at Top Gun uh movie premiere. What's good, man? How's this? How's wow, my lighting is bad. They need to fix this. They need to fix this, man. I my my uh my light bulbs are all out, but uh what a shitty game, huh? What a shitty game. How was that? Uh, what's going on, everybody? Guys, I know Harrison didn't mention, but this is brought to you by betonline.ag, your number one source for all betting needs. Padres lose six to nothing. Just an absolutely disgusting day. I was lucky enough to go to a work event to go see Top Gun 2, the movie premiere. But, uh, you know, luckily for, not unluckily for me, I had to sit front row. And in between my two thick Persian legs, I had a little phone and it was watching the Padres play the Cubs. And, what do you know, Harrison? We've been getting bailed out so far this year, but you know, n- not tonight. And this is what I kept con- warning my fans about: when this road trip starts, we're gonna get humbled. We're still nineteen and eleven, but we're gonna get humbled very soon. So, just how concerned are you for this offense? I I, I made a tweet saying the Padres need one bat, no two, no three, no four. But how many more prospects are you gonna give up and jeopardize the future to make that happen? That's my concern. Mm-hmm. We gave up Lang to get Voight. Voight was 0 for 9 with 9 straight strikeouts in El Paso. No one knows when Myers is coming back. Beatty got injured yesterday and hasn't been able to do anything. Kim's 0 for his last a million. He's hit before today's game in his last seven. He'd be hitting point. Hosmer's coming back down to earth as well right now. Profar came back down to earth after the oh, he's he, He's been touching earth for the last two weeks. And, uh, what do you know? Maybe trading Cronworth would have been the bright idea by now, like we were, a couple of us were saying. You can't you can't say that on the stream, or else everyone's gonna leave. <laughs> I, That's how it works. No, I I get it. I, I get it. It's just been it's depressing. Yeah. It's really depressing that we're back at the same square one we were at last year, and we can't expect Manny to carry this entire team until Fernando comes back. And everybody, the Padres lose six to zero. And guys, this is a this is a Cubs team that's absolutely been you know going in the wrong direction as well. So we get them you know an opportunity to break out, and it just makes you know yesterday's win that much nicer. But just another brutal loss. And th- this offense has, I think, they've scored one run in the last twenty nine. I mean, they've scored in one of the in, in one of the last twenty nine innings. Okay, so and that was the Alfaro home run yesterday, and, and that and that was the Alfaro home run yesterday. So, so you know, Andrew Martinez says it ain't that bad, really. Well, it's pretty bad, but this team is just somehow nineteen and eleven. It's a, it, this is it's incredible, huh? It's an incredible story because their pitching has been so delightful, and their pitching has has, has you know caused them to win a lot of baseball games. And Harrison, it's crazy if, if a starter goes six innings. I know Gore only won five, but if a starter goes six innings and allows three runs. We think a quality start is a bad start because we're so used to seven innings pitch one run run. It's crazy. Yep. Our expectations are just absolutely insane right now. So, I mean, I've been pitching and ADHD's been pitching JD Martinez um, because he's the perfect. He's guys, I'm gonna make a video of this. He's the perfect San Diego part. Let me get into the super chat though. Ernesto de la Rosa, ten dollar holla. Appreciate you. What happened to the new batting coach? Our offense sucks. Yeah, I don't know. You know, Harrison, really quick. By the way, Ernesto, let's get some W's in the chat. Thank you so much for the donation. How much? When can you analyze a, a hitting coach? I mean, I don't really know. I thought it was a stretch higher to begin with. 
I mean, this dude is still, I think, like 28, 29. Michael Berdar. Like, I, I thought they were going to go with someone more experienced. I mean, yeah, I get they're buying into the analytics and they're uh, trying to get a hire out of San Francisco before someone realized how good and valuable this guy was. But this offense is absolutely anemic. I've seen no changes in approaches really out of anyone yet so far. I mean, we all know how documented Luke Voigt struggles are right now. It's like, I don't know. You, you you would expect more out of a young up-and-coming hitting coach that everyone thought was like the next big thing, and he hasn't been able to do anything with this offense so far. Eric Hosmer's uh-huh. coming back down to earth. Like, I don't know. Like, I think it's still too very early to judge him, but I was honestly still generally surprised by the hire, and I think we're starting to kind of see that. I mean, hopefully it works out in the long term, but at the same time, it would have been nicer to have an experienced head coach. It really Absolutely. Would. Absolutely. Again, Ernesto, thank you so much for the $10 holla. What happened to the new hitting coach? Um, I think he's going to go back to his downtown apartment and go back to the drawing board right now because I have no idea. I mean, I have no idea. It's, it's, uh, it's brutal. But again, Izzy says the goal was to hang around until Tatis comes back. And as big of a flaw this team has, they're – you know, I, I I guess it just goes to show how big of a ceiling this team could have, Harrison. I mean, they they are they are somehow, some way producing. Uh, you know, not offensively, but they have a timely hit here or there. They get hot for an inning here or there. Their starting pitching keeps them in games. If I were to tell you that this Padres offense would be in near the cellar, um, 30 games in the season, and now if I were to tell you where they they were 19 11, I think you would take it. If I were to give you no context at all, I think you would take it if the Padres were 19 11, mm-hmm. would you? Yeah, but I also and, said they had to go 11-4 and four in the stretch of games between Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Miami, and the Cubs. They have those nine, four losses already. To stay they, in a very they're 9-4 right now. They're 9-4 right now. Which means 11, they have to win the next two games and win the Cubs series. I mean, I think 11-4 and four is very aggressive. It's a pretty aggressive. So that's Cincinnati, that's Pittsburgh, that's Cleveland, Miami, and the Cubs. All teams we should be beating up on. Which we are, to be fair. We went six and two on that road trip. Also we, between going eleven and four and going nine and six. Absolutely. The swept. job is not the job is not done. And you you don't have Joe. You you got Martinez tomorrow, I believe, right? Oh, and Clevenger then tomorrow, Martinez on Wednesday. Okay. Ooh, interesting. We got Clevenger tomorrow. I keep forgetting. I think it's official, everybody. The Padres have a six man rotation again. The Padres get, you know, tormented by the Chicago Cubs six to zero. Um RDA over Harrison. I don't really get that comment, Antonio. Thank you for the $2 holla. Um, the Padres lose 6-0 to the Chicago Cubs again, guys. This is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all betting needs. If I, if Adam Glick, I think, guys, Adam Glick went on BetOnline.ag today and actually made some money for once, finally betting against the San Diego Padres. Guys, if you don't know why you haven't heard from Adam Glick in the Padres Discord as well, you should go ahead and join the Padres Discord mods if you would put the link. It's because Adam Glick has been paying his bookie a lot of God damn money hedging against the San Diego Potters. I'm sure it was a tough Mother's Day for him as Jorge Alfaro shot his dreams down the beautiful gutter in Austin, Texas. Again, if we take a look at the quick box score, Cubs Padres, Mackenzie Gore again, effectively wild kind of has been his MO so far to start his major career, Harrison. He really can only throw a fastball for strike. His command is not there. The slurve looks kind of gross. He's trying to develop that slider changeup as his third pitch arsenal. But somehow, some way, we can say Mackenzie Gore has been the luckiest pitcher so far. He's kind of getting unscathed. I mean, he's he he's 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 kind of listen. He's clearly not ready. It, it's just I don't know what it is. His command's not there, 
But it goes to show Harrison kind of alluded and explained to our fans. He's getting away with it. He's getting away with it. And, and I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? His fastball got hit today though, especially yeah. by Wilson Contreras. Like that thing, it wasn't as great as I think we've seen in his last couple starts, but it still looked fairly effective tonight. He got some really good swings and misses on the changeup though. His changeup did look very good today though. I will give him that much, but no, we're looking at the same time here. It's like, what are they going to do once Snell comes back? Are they going to send Gore down and keep Martinez in the rotation as a six-man rotation, or are they going to move Martinez to the bullpen? I think Martinez has been too effective that you can't really move him to the bullpen at this point unless you get rid of Lamette or Stamet, because where are you going to put him as a long reliever? There's so many issues with the log jam of pitchers that's going to happen in the next month or so. It's insane. Let me get to this donation real quick. Neighborhood Watch, thank you, man. Neighborhood Watch is actually a Dodgers fan, but he supports the Hawks, so I appreciate it. You lead Wilds card by one and a half, and only one and a half beyond the Dodgers are doing fine. I mean, I'm not really looking at standings right now. I mean, it, it's easy to go ahead and, you know, scoreboard watch. Again, I appreciate your support constantly of the channel, Neighborhood Watch. And again, if you guys are new to the channel, hope you subscribe. Um, it's it's easy to just look at standings, but we're looking at this team right now, right? You can't compare us to the Dodgers. This team cannot hit. Again, they've scored three runs in the last three games or something like that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. three runs in the last three because games. They went scoreless on Saturday. Yeah, so this offense is sputtering right now, and we were talking about it. The reason this offense was winning is because Manny Mach the team was winning was because on top of their starting pitching, Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer were literally carrying the load for like six offensive guys. But we all knew the day would come, that neighborhood watch, that they would come back down to earth. And the issue is now that Hosmer's coming back down to earth and Machado's imminent, you're not getting guys like Cronenworth. You're not getting guys like Grisham going back to their median. Right. And when those guys are underperforming, it's just like, you know, it, it's scary. It's really bad. It can get really, really bad, really, really fast. I mean, take a look guys, at, at this Padres lineup. Cronenworth is 200. Profar's 160. I mean, we'll talk about that hot start down the grutter. You remember, uh, there's actually a really funny tweet. I'm trying, I don't know if I'll find it in my Discord, but Eric Gruppner, Padres CEO, kept talking shit to Twitter saying, You see, you like that about Profar's hot start. And he doubled down on that on April 21st. And then everyone tweeted him back saying, You like that? You like that? So <laughs> Eric Gruppner is getting absolutely tormented uh, on, on Twitter tonight, which, sure, you got to love it. Um, I mean, Hosmer 350, Machado. Wow, breaking news. Two out of the oh my god, they only have three hits tonight. Oh my god, two out of the three yeah. hits were Machado and Hosmer, and, and the other was, was a bunch single. And and Azucar has been pretty good too. Um, he has been. I let's hear from. Uh, I want to see if we can hear from Bob Melvin. Dudes, I want to see. Do you guys hear this as a stream? Because I usually do this on my laptop. I want to hear from Bob Melvin on the post game show. Let me know if you guys hear this. Do you guys hear? Do you hear that, Harrison? No. Chad, do you hear it or no? What about now? No. None of these? Mm -hmm. Okay, they don't hear it. Well, that's brutal. Well, 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 I don't know why. I'm gonna have to figure that out later. Guys, I'm not on I'm not on my normal uh I'm not on my normal freaking uh uh obs so we'll have to figure it out some other time is that ryan christian who who is that oh it's matt williams oh i i swear i saw bob melvin in the dugout was he not in the dugout i know he, he, has a he was but he's um still not feeling well so they're letting williams and christensen handle media duties okay okay 
I want to hear it. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I have a guest on Harrison tonight, uh, uh, Andrew. So I'll, I'll figure it out. To, I'll just do the regular tomorrow. But again, this is a series that you would you would hope the Padres win. Again, they lose six to zero. Uh, okay, Let, let's let's start the rants. You know, when, 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 when does this offense? What the fuck does this offense do? I'm tired every single year. Even when the Padres are good, the Padres are bad. It's just this offense is always just morbid. I mean, let's have a nice run. I mean, look at the Angels. The Angels are special right now. Can we just get a consistent team, guys? This is the Jake Cronenworth that all you guys screamed at me about. This is the Jake Cronenworth all you guys screamed at Harrison about. This is the Trent Grisham that MLB.com said it was a top 10 center fielder and that nobody would relinquish in trick talks. Now look at how Lauer and Arias are doing in Milwaukee. We have a legitimate player development problem in San Diego. And this is not just an overreaction from tonight. Okay? Listen, before we get into all of this, I'm very happy that the San Diego Padres are 19 and 11. I want everyone to understand that. Harrison is too. That's very exciting. But there's no secret that the only person that was able to overcome this organizational flaws when it comes to player development is likely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he stays healthy in Fernando Tatis Jr. That guy was literally the only guy in this organization who was able to overcome the legitimate, the awful, the, the historic and traditional flaws of player development in the A.J. Preller regime. I mean, look at guys like Luis Urias. You want prime example number one and a half, 3,000? It's Ty France, who literally is going to hit 400 the rest of his career and have a statue outside of Mariner's Park, okay? I mean, look at Luis Urias, who actually is a major league player now with the Milwaukee Brewers, a really good major league player for the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Manny Margot just hit a grand slam the other night for the Mariners. These guys somehow pick it up when they go to other organizations. And we can argue about the pitching too, Harrison, which is why the Padres needed to acquire established starters. Their whole rotation is not homegrown guys. The only homegrown guy in their rotation is Mackenzie yeah. Gore right now, and he's already having command issues at the major league level. Every single guy in that rotation is guys who have established themselves at other good developing organizations, whether that's Cleveland's and Clevenger, whether that's Oakland and Manaya, whether that's Tampa Bay and Snell, whether that's Texas and Darvish, there's not a secret that this team lacks the development, and that's why they have to go and acquire. But Harrison, I mean, this offense is Josh Naylor is another good example. I mean, what do you think it is at this point where we just cannot have homegrown talent, and it's really starting to hurt us? I mean, it's really starting to hurt us because now Harrison. There's not a ton more bats. I mean, you got Mears in the minors, James Wood, very people are high on. But what makes you optimistic that those guys are going to be different? Dude, I wouldn't even say Mears. He's striking out like 40% of his at-bats right now. If anything, our only two really big bats we have in the minors are Wood and Hassel. Jackson Merrill, if he can end up developing and finding a spot on the team, but he's still blocked at short by Fernando and second by Abrams and Cronenworth. So it's like, where the hell are you going to play him? It's concerning that we have no player development. We've been bad for so long. We had all these top prospects come up. We had the number one farm system in baseball. And the only one who's stuck on the team long-term is someone who we didn't even draft. That's insane. The only player who we have developed who has stuck on the major league roster is someone we did not actually draft. Take a look That's at this, everybody. Be something on A.J. Preller. Look at the Padres lineup tonight. Is there one homegrown Padre in this Padre lineup? No. No. 
Well, Ozakar. But I don't even know. If, I'd have to go actually go check to see if we picked him up or signed him. No, that doesn't count. Okay, let's look at the Cubs lineup. Contreras homegrown and Wisdom homegrown and Ian Happ homegrown. Horner is too. Yeah. There you go. Those are the differences. If you go to most lineups, there's at least one or two homegrown guys. Even the Dodgers got homegrown guys. As much as people say that the Dodgers go ahead and pay for their guys. I mean, Gavin Lux is homegrown. Chris Taylor's homegrown. No, Will, Taylor okay, sorry. Will Smith, Will Smith is homegrown. Bellinger's homegrown. They got a ton of homegrown guys. There's more that we just can't even think of off the top of our head. So, of course, they go ahead and get those pieces. But, guys, that's the point that we have an issue in terms of developing talent. And I think, Harrison, that should be the bigger storyline. Because that's the long-term storyline. We complain every year about the lack of offense, but it's not going to do us any better complaining about it. It's going to do us any better trying to figure out why and what the cause of it. I mean, I don't really care if we don't have homegrown players. I'd be okay with buying all our players as long as they produce, which clearly isn't happening. Yeah, but that also has to do with our player development, right? That also has to do with the people that we have at the major league level as well. And again, I'm not going to overreact, um, but, but the offense has been bad all year. So, L.A. builds the, the roster the right way. Homegrown, Natalie, means that they started, they were drafted by that organization. Or I even count homegrown as somebody who gets acquired in, like, low A ball and, and works their way up in the minors. Um, somebody who's really Signed worked their way up. National free agent. Would you, would you consider Fernando Tatis as a homegrown? No. Because you wouldn't. He, I, to me – a homegrown player is someone you draft or sign as an international prospect, and then they stick on your roster. Not someone you get in any trades, so no Tatis, no Azakar. They You have to draft them and develop them all the way up, in my personal opinion. But I can be interpreted by everyone differently. I mean, you could make an argument that Tatis was homegrown, but you also have to remember he played a decent amount of time in the Chicago system. He was scouted by the White Sox and signed by the White Sox. And that's where his brother still is, too. Yeah, by the way, yeah. Top Top Gun was such a good movie. Such a good movie. You guys, I highly recommend when it comes out to the public to go see it. Really, really good. Development problems for a long time. Yeah, that's the point. Um, but but Perdomo. And what about Alan Cordoba? No, I mean, but seriously, guys, again, the pod. Yeah, the Padres lose 6-0 to zero to the Chicago Cubs. You look at Mackenzie Gore's numbers tonight, 5 Innings pitched. Okay, let's talk about not Stan. Let's talk about Denelson Lamette. Okay, speaking of just harming players' development, I mean, guys, take a look at that. I mean, Harrison, I was happy when Denelson Lamette came into the game because I knew that it would give me more time to get home and time to make the stream. Because if Denelson, uh, this is no, no, guys, I'm not trying to be comedic. I mean, this is this is not a shot on Denelson Lamette, but I think it was the eighth inning, and we were in the climax of the Top Gun two movie. I had the game open on my uh, on my phone. And I saw Denelson was in. I told my buddy who was sitting next to me, Potter, and I said, let's go. I'm going to buy another 20 minutes because I don't think there's been a start where Denelson Lamette has had a one, two, three inning. And at that point, the game was already over. And there was a, you know, a runner got on first. I'm like, can a runner get on second? Let's go, Denelson. Keep it going. Keep the train going. And allowed some runs. And I'm like, I'm going to have a chance to actually do a show tonight. Listen, with Denelson Lamette, I sent out a tweet about this too. Again, follow us on Twitter at the Hogwatch Harrison. What's your Twitter? H Rosenthal14. Yep. Guys, Denelson Lamette is the perfect example, Harrison, of the organization failing him. I mean, this guy 
was one of the most dominant pitchers I've ever seen. He had Tyson Ross vibes in 2020. I mean, that slider was so devastating. He humped you up to 101 with the fastball, 92-mile-per-hour slider. Was one of the best pitchers, top five Cy Young Award winnings in baseball. And now they didn't get Tommy John at the end of 20. Um, kind of sat out 21. And is the lowest of leverage relievers ever. And really hurts the team now. He's a negative. So... I heard from Dennis Lynn that the Potters were discussing Lament in trade talks, but at this point, can you acquire anything for him? And what are your whole thoughts on the, the Nelson Lament downfall in San Diego? I kind of talked about it before you came on. Okay. It's kind of like he made a very personal choice to not have the surgery, thinking a second Tommy John would derail his career. Yeah, but, but do you understand the media? I believe it was the yeah. media that portrayed it as the Nelson's choice to not receive surgery. I don't know if that's true. Anyways. I still think not having surgery was an absolute mistake, and he's seeing that now. Those PRP injections are not the most reliable, and it's been seen in many pictures that they're not the most reliable. The only thing to really go in and fix the issue is just to suck it up and have the surgery. And he his career may be over because of him not having the surgery now. You, do you think his career is over? At least with the Padres, I think so. He I needs to get surgery that. again. I think. But or he, he has to go to a rebuilding team that's gonna take be able to let him sit out the rest of this year, next year, have the surgery, and then sign him to a short term extension. At least he only has this year and next year under control. So it's got to be a rebuilding team who's going to be willing to pay him while he has Tommy John. No contender's going to pay him, as far as I know. Was why would you want to pay someone with a nine point seven five ERA who needs Tommy John surgery? No, Brian, a a rebuilding team. Brian, I actually did disagree with Harrison there. I just didn't mention on stream. I I think Fernando's a homegrown Padre. He he didn't play one game with the White Sox. Yeah, that's Um, on me. That's my bad, guys. I no 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 no. You can have your own opinion. I, no, I just no, think yeah, Fernando- I, I thought he actually played for the White Sox. I was more so just along the lines of I feel that like if they scouted him and they're the ones that signed him, like he's really their prospect, you know. But 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 when you look at AJ Preller's track record, I mean, my question is like, what makes you like what makes you think he has a legitimately good track record? You know, so I don't know. But again. Okay, so Danelle, this this is actually interesting too. Again, if you guys are new, subscribe to the Hogwatch for year-round exclusive daily post-game shows. You'll see some more of Harrison on the channel, as well as hit the like button on the stream. It's brought to you by BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all betting needs. Denelson's making $5 million this season. That's why I think it can be an interesting trade chip for the San Diego Padres, just because Denelson is making that kind of money. And right now, Harrison, I believe the Padres are $3 million over the tax. Um I think what the kind of offensive upgrades they are going to want to make Harrison, they're going to have to blow over the tax. Um, They're just going to have to, you know, they can make some tweaks here and there, right? You can get rid of Lamette. You can kind of go back down under the tax, but someone like JD Martinez is owed $19 million this year. And he's such the perfect piece here. He is just such the perfect piece here. The dude hits 290 everywhere he goes. He hits 30 home runs everywhere he goes. Um, Harrison, you just got dissed, man. You just got dissed. You should go by Harry. I hate being called Harry. Yeah, I don't like Harry either. I disagree with you, truth. Um, but it it's just, you know, it it it, it I I don't know. I don't know what, what, what they should do. But JD Martinez is the guy the Padres should go for. 
He is notoriously a big help to players. Guys, I sent a tweet right here earlier. He's notoriously a big help to players as well as helping them with their swing. He's 290 plus raw power. If we take a look at his contract, I'm trying to speak this into existence, everybody. Boston's struggling. Did they lose again today? Harrison, do you know? Because if they I can check right if now. they did, they're 10 and 20. Guys, this is a beautiful thing for the Padres. They front loaded the deal. He's only owed 19 this year. And and he's a rental. The Red Sox are in the cellar of the AL East. They're 10 and 19. Even the Orioles, Cedric Mullins Orioles, are ahead of the Boston Red Sox. And the AL East is an absolute dogfight with the Jays, the Yankees, the Rays. This is the perfect man. This is the perfect man for the Padres. I'm telling you guys. And this is not, this is no reports. This is no one re- leaking this. This is just, you know, our our our, our discussions. We should get glass now. Boston didn't, Boston didn't play today. Um, but, no, I I agree with you. I mean, we all saw what he did for Arizona after coming over from Detroit in half a season. He had more home runs in the second half than he probably had in any half of his entire career that year when he got traded to the D-backs and helped them make a playoff push. Yeah. So, yeah. it's something to consider. We also have to look at – it's also still the middle of May. We all saw what the Nationals did in 2019 being in Yeah, last but we place. know how bad this offense is. We we know that at this point. No, you know I'm saying you can't necessarily go after a JD Martinez this early. If we're getting closer to June, July, and the Red Sox are still out of it, then that's a discussion to be having. I mean, Davey Martinez was on the brink of getting fired in 2019, and the Nationals won the World Series. Ew, anything point. can still happen between now and the trade deadline. Oh, you're talking about this more so from uh, Boston's point of view. From Boston's perspective. From a partner's perspective, it makes perfect sense. I just don't think Boston would do it unless they're really out of it by the trade deadline. No, no, I I, I totally get that. Um, Verdugo isn't getting traded. I don't know why people want Alex Verdugo. I I want J.D. Martinez. Go under more team control. If anyone did consider trading Bogarts. Guys, I I don't know why you want any of those guys. Guys, the answer is J.D. Martinez. Harrison. It's simple. Everyone wants these young guys because they're they're cooler. They got swag. Go ahead and freaking overpay and get the rental. He's a rental. He's not going to cost as much prospect capital. Guys, look at this guy's numbers. This is all he does since joining the Red Sox. 330, 43 home runs, 304, 36 home runs. Don't look at 2020. It's a wash of a year. 2021, 286, 28 home runs, 294 to start the year, three home runs. Guys, what is it? It's just he freaking hits the shit out of the baseball every single year. The, the, oh, by the way, Hog, it was only a thing in Boston. Fine, let's go to Arizona, 302, Detroit, 305, 303, 307, 282, 315. All he does is hit the baseball. And everyone wants that. All you guys are saying, vamos Verdugo with the Mexican freaking sign. What the, what the fuck are you guys doing? Verdugo's just cool because he has tattoos and he has swag and he's younger. You guys want a cool guy? You guys want to ha- be emotionally attached to your players? Talk to your emotional attached relationship with Jake Cronenworth and see how that's flirting with the Mr. Mendoza line right now. You know? So... I mean, J.D. Martinez, what do you think that would cost in terms of prospect capital? I don't think it's more so of the capital that the concern is, Harrison. I think it's more so of the financial repercussions of what that entails by blowing over the tax 15 to $20 million. And it, the question is, is Peter Sider and company okay with that? That could cost you a James Wood prospect. No way. I no. think it, it could. It very well could. 
if he ends up hitting the freaking cover off the baseball by the all-star break, it very well could. Exactly. Exactly. JD is the guy that's on the move with Boston's out of it. So guys, you know, you guys got to keep rooting for the Red Sox to, to lose. Would be okay. What about Voight? JD Martinez will be okay, but what about Voight? Just say, fuck it, he's a lost cause. Well, here's why the timing works. Boston's not going to admit that they're out of it until the end of June, right? Also, by the end of June, Brian, we will know if Luke Voigt is a lost cause or not, right? Right now, it's too early to say that he's a lost cause just because I think he's only had 50, 60 at-bats. But once, Brian, that sample size goes north of 150, which will about be in mid to late June, we'll know if he's a lost cause. If he's hitting 110 with two home runs and a buck 50 strikeouts by then, I think we'll know that we can kind of go ahead and get J.D. Martinez. Now, what does that cost? In my opinion, Harrison, that's more of like an Esteri Ruiz kind of guy, a super that's utility bad. guy that can be really good in the major leagues. He's been really good in double A, and he's probably going to be a player that we give up and becomes pretty damn good in the major leagues. That's more of somebody that I'm okay giving up straight up for J.D. Martinez. The bigger take is not really you know giving up the prospect. It's inquiring that cost. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Hogwatch Dodgers get JD at the deadline. Where would they put him hitting 10th? Uh, there's no room to put JD on that lineup. Let's trade the entire farm for Soto and Reynolds. I mean, the entire farm hog, it doesn't work like that. We don't have, we don't have enough of a farm to trade for Juan Soto. I mean, CJ Abrams, Robert Hassel, Mackenzie Gore, the nationals still, they do this. They do this. <laughs> they do this. No way. Right. Harrison. That's a joke. I Juan Soto's going to sign a five hundred million dollar contract. They wouldn't trade Harper before Harper was a free agent. I don't think they'll trade Soto. It's that simple. Again, everybody, but, you are listening to the San so Diego Padres. Holes. We may have to trade for another freaking catcher if Austin Nola can't get his crap together, and they're not clearly going to give Camposano the bats he needs at the major level to prove himself. Harrison, you, you down to keep going? I'm kind of down for this late night vibe chat. I'm down to keep going. I just got a final to study for at some point at eight in the morning tomorrow. Uh, uh, let's get some W's for Harrison. Keep going. The last free- final of undergrad. Congratulations, man. You, Feel free to leave whenever you want. I'm, I'm going to be going for a little bit. Do we panic about Jake Cronenworth? I don't know. You got to ask yourself that, Mr. Ace. You were the one telling Hogg to shut up all offseason about you. You know, being Jake Cronenworth is going to be fine. So, so Chad, I ask you. What is your concern level with Jake Cronenworth? One big not at all hog shut up to 10 being, oh, my God, hog, Harrison, everybody was right. I want to jump out of a window. I want to see these responses. Yeah, I want to, I want to see these responses too because it's uh, – Harrison, what's your concern level? With the overall offense? No, with Jake. Oh, just Jake. Izzy, what's up? Seven. Yeah. Elaborate on that for me. I mean, you know, I was I got absolutely flamed on Twitter for suggesting we can't consider. I didn't even say trade Jake. The Padres have to trade Jake. I said the Padres should consider it. They should consider it because he has four years of team control and his value may never be higher. And that is 100% the case right now. You could have made him the centerpiece of a package for Jose Ramirez and called it a freaking day. And I'm sure if you threw in a couple other prospects, Cleveland would have done it. He goes to San Diego State BQ. Ask him himself. Um, so I, I I really appreciate Sky in the chat. I appreciate everybody, but Sky I know personally, and he has he knows the game, and he's never somebody Harrison who's going to overreact. He's never somebody who's going to not react. That goes to show you guys that there is a concern with Jake Cronenworth. 
Because when we really look at Jake Cronenworth, if you are kind of under operating under the notion that 2020 is a year that you don't evaluate because we treat everybody in the same regard, right? Brian Reynolds had an awful 2020, yet he was a 6'4 player in 21. Um, J.D. Martinez hit 212 in 2020, yet he's hit 290 in every other year in his career. If you throw, if you if you use that to that same regard, Jake Cornworth has only had one year in the major leagues, and that's not a big enough sample size. Because everybody was freaking out about Trent Grisham because of his defense and his average offense. But when you realize it, Trent Grisham just may not be good, too, because he doesn't have a sample size. Like, we're forgetting that these guys may just not be that good. And again, I don't want to overreact, but did Naylor have eight RBIs tonight? He just doesn't look good during at-bats. That's the thing. It's not even, like, the average. It's the quality of his at-bats are, like, starting to become really concerning. So He's pressing a lot. I don't like Cronworth. He's cute. He, uh, Natalie, I tell you, he'd be cuter if he was hitting 290 to you, I'm sure, huh? You know? Uh, his glove is great. You know, he's a gold glove caliber defender, but the pop's not there. But I don't even care about the pop. It's just not lengthy at bats. He's striking out a lot more than I'd like. It's it's uh it, it's pretty it's pretty interesting to see kind of the downfall of Jake Cornworth. So who would you say so far? We're 30 games into this year, Harrison. We're 19 and 11. That's great. Yet who has been the most disappointing padre to you so far this year? Pitcher, it's been Lamet. Offense, it's been Gresham. Grisham over Cronenworth? Yeah. Just because you have to give Cronenworth the benefit of the doubt that he's going to turn it around. This is the second year in a row Grisham has not been good offensively. Mm-hmm. It is just carried over since last year. And it's extremely concerning to watch. That he was ranked as a top 10 center fielder in baseball, and now he's looking like a borderline major leaguer at the plate. Yeah, we're all very glad he turned down that extension, I think, now. Especially with how good Lauer and Arias are doing in Milwaukee, it would look even worse. By the way, guys, who, because I was gone, is there a top hog tonight? Does anyone deserve to be the top hog tonight? And and who should the hog wash be? Harrison, I don't know if you know the top hog. We give it every night to the best Padre, and the hog wash is goes to the worst Padre. Um, I don't even know if we have a top hog tonight. If anyone, um, it would have been Gore. But I don't know. I mean, he had a no. very effective start. He just gave up the seven hits and the three runs. He didn't walk anyone. But it, do I, I mean, do I do I give it to Gore? Or do I give it to nobody? What's up, Matt? Man, how you doing, bro? Keep up the content. I'm definitely concerned with Cronenworth, dude. We we've been okay. I'm gonna beat a dead horse here. But we kept saying this offseason, Grogue Cornwood was a four-and-a-half war player. He had such a small sample size. He had four years of team control. He may arguably have the most value out of any single freaking player on the trade market in all of baseball. He's making $500,000 until he's 100 years old. You can literally trade him for anything you want. He would cost blue-chip prospects. He is a gold-glove defender, yet they didn't even entertain offers. I don't think there should be a top hog. Top hog mud carried the broadcast. That's a W. Top hog is Hendricks. Worst Padre, eight-player tie. Craig Stammen, Gore, or Zokar. Should we give it to Gore? I think you okay. can give it to anyone. You okay. it to Gore. I'll give it to Gore. I'll, I'll give it to McKenzie tonight. Um, I, You know, listen. What? So, okay, so if we're going to give it to McKenzie tonight, by the way, I'm 
the, the hogwash is going to nobody because it's it's a team wide thing. But guys, who should Gore? Who should Gore? Should they send him down, Harrison? I don't know. Um, or what do they do? Because at this point, do they want him to? Do they want him to figure it out or what? Oh, Craig Stammen for the reliever. I'm still working on that graphic, but I'll write that down for sure. Thanks, guy. So what, what do they do with Gore? What should the Potters do with Gore, everybody? I just want to bring this up really quick because I still have my tweet on my phone that literally got me flamed on Twitter for three, four days. I tweeted this November 22nd. As crazy as this sounds, the Padres' best option to get better this offseason may be trading Jake Cronenworth. He's already 27 years old. His value may never be higher and with four years of team control left, you clear up the middle infield log jam while getting a corner outfielder and or more pitching. Obviously, this was before we traded for Minaya and before we traded Frazier to Seattle. That's also before we even considered CJ Abrams potentially being on the major league roster this year, this early, which no one really considered at this time last year. So really, that's the equivalent of still having Frazier on the team. And Frazier is ripping the cover off the ball at T-Mobile Park. I kind of want to give it to I kind of want to give the hogwash to Lamette, but the whole offense it's it's the whole offense guys. It is. It deserves it. You 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 can't you can't blame it on on, on relievers. Um, Lamette's been bad, but um, I'm I'm just gonna give it I'm just gonna give it to the whole offense. So I'm not really gonna dock it, guys. The thing is, okay, why can't Cornworth be good? They are they are dang. I mean. I'm not Jake Horn is a great player. He's just coming going off to a slow a slow start. Known for Gore, but don't want to trade him. So what does it do? Walk our viewers with this, Harrison. What does it do for a young guy's mindset of you know, Mackenzie Gore knows Harrison that he hasn't been his best. Um, but he's somehow been effectively wild. I mean, he has a 2.42 ERA, the whip slightly over one. He had no walks tonight. The strikeout numbers are increasing. But does it hurt him mentally? to send him down to AAA after this success? Or is it more so of a McKenzie, hey, let's just get your shit back to going. I have all these guys healthy, and we're going to need you on our stretch run. How do you approach handling McKenzie Gore? Because right now it's very important for him to be strong up here. I don't know how much it would affect his confidence. I think I'll be back. you have to take – he has to literally understand that they ha- simply have too many starters. It's why Chris Paddock got traded. It's why Ryan Weathers, as bad as he was at the end of last year, is in AAA right now. They simply have too many starters to be on this team right now. And if Gore can understand that, go down to AAA, and to be able to work on his craft, then I think that's something he has to not take personally, but take as something where it's just a roster crunch that he doesn't fit in right now as the rookie and live with it and go work on your stuff in AAA. But I hope he can work it out and stay in the rotation and that Martinez gets moved to a long relief role and that's the end of Nelson Lamette as a Padre. But we'll see. Uh, if you look at uh, ripping the cover off the ball, back to Frazier, look at his home road splits at T-Mobile Park versus on the road. That's all I'm going to say about it. I said he was hitting the cover off at T-Mobile Park specifically. So, he just couldn't put that together at Paco, unfortunately. But he's still doing better than Cronenworth's doing so far this year. It's crazy. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if they can send him down. I I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what this team does because we all forget Blake Snell was like the best pitcher in baseball at the last half of last. I mean, the last month of last year, probably. I mean, he was right up there. I mean, dude was absolutely shoving um, for the team. And it's not like this team has, uh, I just don't know what they can do right now. Because Preller, do you see AJ Preller, Harrison, like make a, a quick move soon, well before the deadline? Because Harrison, right now, guys, Nola's cooked too. Okay, so so let's actually go through this roster. Um, let's just go through this whole roster right now. But 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 but, but I do want to say something, and I told you guys all this in chat. We are going to get humbled starting on Friday. Okay, and I don't want to be negative because I, I I'm keeping the faith in being 1911. It's awesome. We're about to get the best player in baseball in a month. Hopefully, we have some reinforcements in the bullpen with Pomeranz, Morahon, Baez. They're all ready soon. But offensively, guys, um, we are about to get insanely humbled by a lot of good baseball teams starting in the next few weeks. Milwaukee, um, Atlanta, Philadelphia, um, San Francisco. So what I was saying, Harrison, is we've gotten a lot of wins, partly because our pitching has been great, but partly just because we've been we've been playing bad, awful teams. I mean, the Cincinnati Reds could be the worst team in 30 years. So if we take a look at some of these offensive players, Harrison, it's like, Harrison, we, we keep talking about a lot of guys, right? We keep talking about Profar. We keep talking about Grisham. But the list just keeps going. We forget to talk about other guys who have been insanely awful, like Austin Nola. And this is a guy we traded for who was hitting 300 in Seattle, and we were all freaking out about it because, like, oh, my God, he hit 300 for 20 games, and we deemed that's who he is. Look what this guy's hitting. But, hey, he could hit right-handed. Oh, my God, at least could, we, could he hit left-handed pitching? No, we can't do that either. Hey, could he hit for power? No. So, I mean, you're getting – this is the one guy who's not even that great of a defensive catcher, but you're having him out there for his bat, and it's not even working out. So then Alfaro's the guy that you have pop, and he hit that three-run tater, but he's giving you that kind of production. Right? So that's your catching. And that's why, before we get into the other positions, Harrison – why doesn't this team just give Luis Campisano a real chance? Give him a real chance, Harrison. Give him – listen, we know that the pitchers don't like throwing to him. Let him DH for a month, and if he sucks, you trade him. But he has not gotten a fair chance in San Diego. In my opinion, the Padres have never given him a fair chance. They've never given him 12 straight days to play, 60 straight at-bats. It's all been inconsistent. I want Campy to at least – can we just see if he's good? Everyone says he sucks, but he hasn't played in a week straight. What the hell? What do you think about that? You're 100% right. They have to give him more at-bats consistently to really see what his values can be, whether it's trade value or value of the future of this team. We're really back at square one where we were with Austin Hedges and Francisco Mejia two years ago with how bad this catching tandem has been offensively. We made that big trade with Seattle because Nola was hitting the cover off the ball in 2020. And look where that got us, giving up Andres Munoz, Matt Brash, Ty France. Like, they're all well, France is doing really well, but Brash and Munoz are not really right now. But still, those are young, controllable arms we could have had just to be back at square one. I mean, Alfaro was a cheap pickup, and he's obviously gonna be better offensively than Caratini was. Yes, Caratini had a couple clutch hits last year, but still, the upside was there. Preller loves the Texas guys. It's very frustrating to watch, and I think we have to do something with Campusano, whether that's putting him behind the dish or giving him DH at bats until Voigt can prove himself again. I mean, you either put, you either you put, don't you know what he's going to be unless you play him. 
You're you either put like... him on the goddamn team and give him at bats, or you ship his ass out tomorrow for JD Martinez, like or something. Like they're, they're they're just wasting their time right now with him. And you're wasting a forty man roster spot. Yeah, I, just I'm just gonna say this real quick. Outside of the Pittsburgh series at the end of the month. We do not play a non-playoff can really contending team until the Rockies June 10th. We are about to get humbled insanely. Uh, guys, it's just you know it, it, it's not even it's not even really about some of these you know other decisions. It, it's more so I just want to see this organization try and put themselves in a great position to be successful. People say Campy just doesn't have a trade value at that point, and that's fair, and I kind of agree with you. He definitely has still value, but my point is this team has not even allowed Luis Campisano to play. I mean, they don't even allow him to play at, at a real consistent level. That's all I want to see. Um, okay, we'll wrap it up soon, but if you look at this too, we look at these other guys. Okay, okay, I, I, I haven't gotten your CJ take yet, so – what are your what are your thoughts on CJ? What should the team do with him? Because I thought he didn't play tonight, but I actually think that CJ's starting to look a little more comfortable at the plate. The last last 10, 15 at bats. He's hitting it's almost just 300 taken, over the last week. Yeah, so so you know, if but but who did they get today? They got Al Alcantara, who did, right? Yeah. He was the Cubs starting shortstop for the second half of last year after they traded Bias to the Mets. But that move concerns me. That move tells me that they're going to move CJ down soon. I, that's what I'm thinking too. But I'm telling you, I don't understand this organization, guys, because this is the one time all year this young 21-year-old kid actually has some momentum going for him. He's put together 10, 15 good at-bats in a row. He just had a huge hit. Everybody's talking about the Alfaro three-run home run. That doesn't happen unless CJ actually has a great at-bat, hits a nice rope, and lets the passes the baton down to the next player. People are already saying that with CJ Abrams, guys. Not everybody's Fernando Tatis Jr., where you come into the major leagues and you hit 500 and hit 300 home runs in the first two days of the year. Like no one does that, guys. And and, and the fact that C.J. Abrams, you're looking for bits and pieces, and then you're starting to look for consistency. And right now, he's starting to play better baseball. Like, it's not going to happen. I think the start has been a little slower than what we have liked, right, Harrison? It would It's a little slower than what we would have liked. But I think we have to temper our expectation, and he looks a lot better now. Um, So I don't know. Like, right now, I'd rather have C.J. Abrams on the roster than, than Matt Beatty. So, so let's take a look at two things right now, Harrison. Let's take a look. These are Trent Grisham's advanced numbers, okay? Oof. Oof. Okay, everybody, take a nice gander at that. These are C.J. Abrams' advanced numbers. Oof. Oof. But if you really compare them, Abrams actually has better. They're, not, they're both bad, but this just goes to show you how Freaking awful Trent Grisham has been this year. This is awful. This is somebody that everyone was saying was a top 10 center fielder in baseball. He's a gold glover. And man. So what do you do with Grisham? Because Harrison, they don't really have a choice, right? They're kind of log jammed with him in center field. What do you do? You're AJ Preller. Put on your thinking cap. 
I think you have to at least wait out the season. Unless you can find a cheap enough fix at the trade deadline, but I really don't think you'd want to give up on Grisham with the three years of control left. So still still a lot of value. Still a yeah, lot he of does value. retain value even though he's not performing right now. That's the that's the part that's the thing that's like I don't know, do we give up on him yet? But it's like this is the second year in a row he's been this bad offensively. And we all were hoping that he would be able to turn it around, and apparently he's not going to be able to, at least right now. It's been really hard watching him out there. Extremely depressing. It's like whenever I'd go to a game so far this year, whenever Voight would come up, my dad would say, oh, automatic out, and then Voight would strike out. It's You're honestly at that point with Grisham and other players on this team too. Nola, for the most part, Profar, for the most part. Everyone except Matt Machado Bailey. and Haas. Yep. I mean, even, even, even Kim struggling. Kim was hitting .087 in the last week before today's game. And why wasn't CJ starting against a right-handed player uh, pitcher in Kyle Hendricks? Anyone want to explain that to me? Wait, say that again? In the last week before today's game, Kim was hitting .087. We were facing a right-handed starter today. Why didn't we start CJ Abrams at shortstop? Hmm. Just make it make sense to me. Put him in right over Azakar. Like, just make it make sense. You know what's insane? Why is he up here and not playing? I mean, I, well, I understood why he wasn't playing when 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 Kim was playing well. I think what's this is kind of like sidetracking, but you know what's crazy? With someone like Luke Voigt. So a WRC plus is it takes the statistic runs created and adjusts the number to account for important external factors like your ballpark or your ERA, and it's adjusted. And your WRC plus is the average number of that is about 100 for like is the league average. And 150 would be 50% above league average, which isn't really good. Luke Voigt had a WRC plus of 135 in his time in New York. And now he... Now he can't hit in the Pacific Coast League. He, he, he's had nine straight strikeouts in the Pacific Coast League. So I think that's pretty interesting. Any any other questions, everybody? Uh, I can keep going for a bit. Harrison, I know you got to study, so feel free to dip ski whenever. I'll go for like a few more minutes. Um, I agree with Padres 24-7 with Hendricks starting, but generally Kim should start versus Heat throwing righties. Oh, so you're saying Abram should have started tonight, huh? I thought Abram should have started tonight. Yeah. Let Voight roll around in mud before the game, and maybe Mud Dog can bless him in before his at bats. <laughs> uh, Chidi Verdugzo. Is that that's how you say your name? Seems like you're new to the channel. I hope you subscribe and join the Hog Watch. Ace your final exam, Harrison. They're telling you to ace it, man. It's um, literally ten questions. Score. You, you think the Potters are going to win tomorrow? I'm going tomorrow, so I'm hoping so. Oh, my buddy couldn't get me the Tony Gwynn, uh, the Tony Gwynn jersey. Is the pitcher Miley the pitcher for the Cubs? Yeah, it's Wade Miley. He's making his Cubs debut tomorrow. Is he nice? I, I haven't seen he the pitch in a while. Decent for Cincinnati last year. So, so he's so. So you're saying he's going to shove? He's a very serviceable back end arm. He's not great by any means at this point in his career anymore, but he's a decently serviceable arm. So against us, that means we're probably going to score maybe two runs and have to have an amazing start from Levenger. 
Here it is, everybody. Mike Clevenger makes his home. Wow, long-anticipated return to Petco Park after a two-year hiatus with his second round of Tommy John. Mike Clevenger only had one start in the year, went four and two-thirds, allowed four runs or three runs, I believe. Don't look at that ERA. And then Wade Miley, as Harrison says, makes his debut of the 2022 campaign. The battle of the salad, the battle of the flow. Clevenger, Miley, it all starts at 6.40 p.m. And, man, it's crazy that this Potters team is 10 and five on the road and nine and six at home. This would be a really, this would be a good one to get Harrison. Cause now you're saying this, this team needs to take two out of three, huh? You have to, to really stay competitive in the, the pirates lost. The pirates beat the Dodgers today with a race on the mound and we couldn't do anything to capitalize on that. Yeah. It's really early to start standings watching, but still you have to be able to beat up on bad teams. It's something this team was not good at last year. It's a huge reason why we did not make the playoffs. And we've been so good about it so far this year. And then obviously today we just crap the bed. You have to win this series going basically into the road trip from hell. You really do. Like, and like I said, literally a matter of minutes ago, the only non-playoff contending team you play until June 10th is the Pittsburgh Pirates for three games at the end of the month. The Dodgers did pound the Cubs, man. They pounded the freaking yep. Cubs. The Pirates just pounded the Dodgers, though. Pirates won 5-1 with a Reus on the mound today. Dude, we're losing our cupcake games, too. We're done with Cincinnati already for the season. We're done with Pittsburgh already at the end of the month. We also have not played Colorado yet. So... Guys, just to wrap it up, take a look at the Padres schedule. This is where it gets really awful. They face the Braves three times, the Phillies three times, the Giants three times, the Brewers three times. Then hopefully they can have a little hiatus with the Pirates and then the Cardinals three times and then the Brewers three times and then the Mets three times and then the Rockies four times. Holy shit. I told you. And they're not able to get Fernando. Pa oh my God, this team's effed. No, guys, You're guys, seriously. Fernando at the earliest for the Rocky series. Guys, seriously, I'm going to say this again in dramatic voice. They play the Braves three times, the Phillies three times, the Giants three times, the Brewers three times, get a little break with the Pirates three times, then the Cardinals three times, then the Brewers three times, then the Mets three times, then the Rockies four times, then the Cubs four times, then the Rockies three times. They get a little hiatus with the Diamondbacks, then the Phillies, then the Dodgers, then the Mariners, then the Giants, then the... Oh, yeah, have to remember, the Braves have Acuna now, too. They did it the first time. Oh, man. Wow. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> so let's see what the chat says to that. Yeah, they're fucked. <laughs> OMG. <laughs> this guy's keeping the faith. For real, from the letter last year, we're going to have to step it up. No, Harrison, this is... This, this next month is we're going to know. We're going to know if this team's real yep. or not in the next month, right? 100%. Sounds like somebody needs to start hitting the ball hog in Harrison. Yes, sir, man. That, that's really going to do it for me. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see where this team goes. Uh, it's been a good one, Harrison. Uh, it's, been fun. it's been fun. And uh, those Grisham advanced numbers are insane. I tweeted them out. Insanity. Um. That's everybody again. Remember this 
post-game show stream. Shout out Harrison for coming on. The Raven says the Potters win 76 games this year. Oof. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no way, right? What's your what's your prediction, Harrison? I said 93 when the season started. I don't know you if we're gonna get to that point. Uh, they'd be we very win. fortunate. Alex has won two games against those teams. We'll we'll be 500 by the time Tatis is back. I'd take it, probably. I'd probably take it. I mean, how many games would be played if we get game 30 today? Let's say he comes back June 17th at Colorado. That would be my rough estimate. We hit game 30 today. So this is two five. So it'll be 35 games. Um You're looking roughly 35 games. So we're about 70, 70, 75 games in the season. So for the Padres to go 500 in those games, I mean for for the, for them to be 500 when Fernando comes back, they're we'll 19 roughly, and 11. We'll they'd need to go at 35 and 35. So they would need to go what? 13 and 21 in those next 34 games to be 500. It's kind of a big ask when you look at that when you look at the teams that they're facing too. So I guess we'll find out everybody. Remember this podcast, this YouTube show will also be uploaded to a podcast form. It was also brought to you by betonline.ag, your number one source for all betting needs. We'll be back tomorrow. The season we win 89 games. We're in the last wild card by two games. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's been your boy Hog for Harrison. Have a great night, everybody. Sleep well. Go crush your Tuesday. I know I need some sleep. People need to fear the Orioles. Yes, sir. Bill Valley check. Good night, boss.